Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of No Ride Around, and we're back with good mics and audio. Oh my gosh, we feel had... so good, dude! Welcome back to the studio. Yeah, the so, studio that is the storage room at base camp. Well, I mean, you know, right now it's mic'd up. We're looking like it's like Howard Stern without all the creepy like sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> well. I... I have bad news for you. Oh, no. shit. <laughs> you told me it was a bike pump. <laughs> um, so I want to welcome back D because D really helped us bridge COVID. And yep. we're welcoming him back, you know, um, in the sense that he just nodded his head in acknowledgement because he's behind the Sir Mix-A-Lot table. But we tried to do this with Skype. We tried to do this with microphones. We tried to do that. And it just, uh, it was good enough. I think our content, we enjoyed it. I think the content is what got us through the last four episodes. Because the, yeah. the Skype USB microphone situation was was not getting it done. Yeah. So if if you were new to the episode or new to the podcast and listened over the last few and were thinking like, wow, I, I like this, but um, I, I can't hear it well, we're back. And uh, I want to just say thank you to D because, um, you know, I don't have kids at home and I don't have many responsibilities and whatnot. And so I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going somewhere for COVID. <laughs> so I can respect what you wanted to do. So thank you so much for being back because this is way cooler. Yeah. It's way, way better. Um, before we jump in, I, I have a hilarious, so I don't know if you saw my, my ride from Saturday night, got two flat tires on a car ride. Oh yeah. I saw two flat tires in a car. Ride. You managed to post still a picture of your bike laying in the grass though. Yeah, I mean, I got most of my ride. Yeah, I saw thirteen or something. And then it was like it, it, I was shooting for twenty. I got sixteen before I got a flat. Right. Um, and luckily, Molly came and bailed me out. Um, I don't know if this <clears throat> applies in the fitness industry at all, but it definitely tends to apply in the bike industry, where like the bike mechanic or the bike shop guy's bike is typically good enough. Yeah, you guys usually have the dirtiest. Like, I came in one time and just cleaned Colin's bike. Right, because, yeah. I'm like, I can't look at it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, I haven't ridden my gravel bike a ton. But I've done, the times that I have ridden it have been long. Right. right? Like, we did the H Fellow Winter Redo, and that was, you know, the thick end of almost 60 miles. I've ridden the bike a bit outside. Mm-hmm. And... I got my first flat, like wait, like very beginning of the ride and had a tube, had all my stuff. Cause you know, prepared your prepared. bike guy. Yeah. I'm a bike guy. Um, would you believe that all the months that I've had that bike, when I built the bike, I never put tire sealant in Are you serious? bone, like not even like, Oh, it dried up. Like, like you somehow <laughs> navigated all those miles. <laughs> Without sealant. Yes. Like you were the luckiest, basically you yeah. were the luckiest cyclist yeah. on the planet. I mean, on the day of, uh, of age fellow winter, like I had one tube. If it had gone any more sideways than that, I'd have been done. Yeah. No, I mean to, to ride first off to ride, to ride tubeless without sealant. A is like hard enough just to get the air to hold. Period. <laughs> okay. But then B for you to not get a thorn, a Nick, nothing. a rock and nothing, nothing. So I thought that like, and I was like, no, surely not. But sure enough, I... How about you for admitting it? Yeah. You just admitted it, <laughs> like, which is nice. It, it, I mean, it's too funny not to look, call myself out. Yeah, no, I... Listen, and I've called myself out. We hadn't talked about it on air, but I've embarrassingly called myself out to you on a couple of yeah. missed fires here. It's just, you know, it, people make mistakes. At least it was... And I kept telling, you know... Uh, the guys at the shop was like, hey, at least it wasn't a customer's bike. Yeah. You know, at least I didn't build somebody a brand new custom carbon wheel DI2 equipped gravel bike and send them out with dry tires. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, in the fitness industry, that does happen to people that where like, you know, you run a gym, you have a gym or whatever, some Pilates studio or whatever, and then you kind of like lose your way. Right. And you see that person. Um, those are probably like really successful people in the fitness industry <laughs> i'm super jacked still but <laughs> just barely squeaking the gym thing by. so no, no my stuff's still yeah, on yeah, point but yeah. it's because i wake up every day i'm like my workout's gonna be the most important one right, right. So what, what am i gonna do 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, we have, I think, I think a, a really good episode today. Yeah, at least um, it's going to keep us interested. It is. Um, so, a little bit of background. There is a race here in uh, Golden, Colorado called the Golden Giddy Up. And four years ago when the, or I guess creeping up on five years ago when the first edition of it was announced, I think the mountain bike community as a whole was probably pretty surprised that there was going to be closed trails for a mountain bike race in Jefferson County, which is where Golden, Colorado is. And let's just say the it's the most populated trail usage area in the state. Yeah, it's I mean it's down. anybody it, and it it was it was pretty tough to get a parking spot and trail access um just based on population 4 or 5 years ago and it's only gotten worse. Um in that there's more people living here, there's more people wanting to go hike and bike and ride horses and use the trails and be outside, which on the surface is awesome, but it's all pretty concentrated between, I don't know, five trails. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we say the front range and it makes it sound like it's a lot of space. It's really not. But yeah, no, I mean, you're going to go, even if you stretched, like you said, okay, Deer Creek Canyon, all the way up to Dowdy draw. If you called that the front range, which that's stretching the envelope there pretty hard. Right. So when, when we say the front range, we're talking about front range of the mountain of the uh, Rocky mountains, Loosely, I think, defined as the mountain range from kind of, you know, 10 miles south of Denver to 10 miles north of Denver-ish. Right. Yeah, and and it's really like the, the access points are, you know, there's two or th- about three spots where you can kind of access it. Yeah. And the trail's kind of spider from there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so you've got a massive population that's growing every year trying to use... A, a, a finite number of trails and parking spots. Yeah, and you have eight to fivers, right, that are moving out here. And so what I'm saying, them like the younger demographic, right, where they have the typical eight to five job. And so at 5 p.m., everyone's going to say, "Hey, I still want to go and get out. I'm I'm in Colorado. I want to live Colorado." Well, they're going to go to the nearest trail, which even exacerbates this issue, mm-hmm. right? Because now even less than 10 miles north and 10 miles south, you're probably getting like just a few trail networks. Yeah, and so what it really boils down to is access at North Table Mountain and Apex Park. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones because you you've got North Table Mountain which is pretty easily accessed off of I70 which runs east-west through Colorado and Highway 6. Um those are, you know, everybody works somewhere close to there. Yeah. All it's- the all the southern trails are all the, all the south trails that are in the south that you're going to have your people who work down in like the southern part of what's called the Denver Tech Center. Um, you know, those aren't just, a, it's, they're not as affected. Well, and it's more spread out down there, yep. right? Those are house neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We're talking about people that live in like condo and apartment neighborhoods. Yep. So just by definition, it's just people, more people. So there's, can, there's always been, I've been in Colorado for 15 years. There's been trail access issues going back that far. And, you know, probably for as long as there's been mountain bikers in Colorado, there's been trail access conflict, I guess. So to hear hear of a a mountain bike race happening in Golden with closed trails uh, was pretty surprising. On a Sunday. On a a Sunday. In September. Yeah, in a great part of the year to be outside. Um, But as soon as I saw it, I signed up for the very first one. You know, being an active part of the Denver mountain bike community, working at at a prevalent mountain bike shop at the time, uh, this was before we had opened base camp. I I, I felt like me and uh, my time at the time, uh, this kid Mark that I worked with, I felt like we had a duty to like be there and support the race. Right. And so we were one of, I think, maybe 400 people that first year. And it was great. And I have moved heaven and earth to make sure I could do all the ones after that. And um, racing's been in question this whole year, but I think a lot of people were thinking that in the fall, Golden Giddy Up was going to be one we could do. And it turns out that on the surface, and I haven't dug way into this, but it turns out that on the surface, it seems like Jefferson County um, has made it more challenging to have the race this year in its entirety. 
Yeah, and you're you know, and you're speaking with more information. You're being clipped right now because right, we're gonna have, um, we're gonna talk about this in depth with the guest, yep. and so you're being a little clipped. And so from me with less information than you, yo, I just did it on the social media, and it shows Golden Giddy Up 2020 canceled, not just for COVID, canceled. Period. Forever. The race Full is stop. done. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, what? is this all about how how did this happen and only then when you start going clicky and getting through the the comments and whatnot do we learn that and this again what i learned i have less information than you jefferson county wouldn't allow us to do the race the race is canceled what dig a little deeper well we knew it was going to happen a little bit before covid but we were hoping something would happen anyhow we didn't feel prudent to talk about it now it's talked about so it's kind of become a bit of a thing both on social media posts and groups that we're a part of, and now just in conversation. And I think it's our job, as it was your duty to do the first Golden Giddy Up, and I joined you for the last two. It's mm-hmm. so much. It's the most fun I've had on a Sunday in as many Sundays as I can remember. And I mean, I grew up in a Catholic church, so like I had wild Sundays, you know. <laughs> Shit got crazy. On we had palms and whatnot. Um, <laughs> it's the best Sunday I've had in a long time. Yeah. Um, so we got to figure out what's going on. We do, and and with that, we're gonna have. Um... Jeff, who has been instrumental in the uh, the Golden Giddy Up, we're gonna have him come in on Skype here in just a minute, and we have, uh, despite what my first email showed, <laughs> quite a bit to uh, to to unpack and and talk through, um, as well as just giving Jeff an opportunity to kind of introduce himself and provides what I think are some cool uh, statistics about what golden giddy up has accomplished. Cause it wasn't just a race. It was also, um, there was a stewardship aspect to it that involved trail maintenance and trail digging and, um, giving back to the trails. Yeah. They actually, all of the, the shirts, the, the hats, the, everything like sprung back to the dig crew, right? Like, yep. like they really said, Hey, let's, let's do this. Let's be a part of this community. Enjoy the trails. Yes. But let's do the work too. Yeah. For sure. So um, we're going to go ahead and try to get Jeff here on Skype and get this thing going. Disclaimer. Hey, guys, we're on microphones and we are Skyping him in. Yeah. Um, so his audio is going to be garbage. It's not going to be as good. Okay. <laughs> Listen, stick with it. Okay. Yeah. We promise our crystal voices will stay here for you. Stick with us because this is going to be an opportunity to, to speak with the single foremost uh, authority on what really is going down and and what does that mean for mountain bikers? Because this has more implications than just some Sunday event in September. All right. Well, guys, we got Jeff on the line here. Um, we were just speaking candidly before we hit record. And I was telling you, Jeff, about my uh, experience last year where I got to finish your race in nothing but a pair of bibs. And uh, there is something liberating about the the fresh air coursing through the trees of Enchanted Forest as they graze upon said exposed nipple at 27 miles an hour. I need you to know it's the best <laughs> feeling ever, so thank you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Whatever we can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jeff, uh, you and I met years ago, um, but for the listeners, who are you and what do you do with the uh, the Golden Giddy Up? Yeah, so my name's Jeff Wachroka. Um, I'm executive director um, of the Golden Giddy Up. Um, and have been for the, the past year. Um, actually really, I got my, my work started, um, with the giddy up early on. I was one of the original, um, friends of group, um, that, that went out and, and helped out at the, the three different parks in open space. Um, and kind of just worked my way up to becoming the executive, executive director last year. What does the executive director do? Are you just kind of involved in in delegating and putting all the pieces together, or uh, is it more hands-on than that for you? Yeah, so it's it's kind of multifaceted. Um, you know, for the, the public viewing eye, it's really the social media piece um, and getting those posts out there about a race, about the trail work, getting people engaged um, really through social media. Um, behind the scenes, it's just a lot of logistics. Mm-hmm. It's meeting with different land managers, scheduling meetings, um, you know, work on uh, some of the analytic piece, um, working closely with, 
you know, one of our, our other members as well to, to get the data um, out there to land managers and, and people in general. Okay. Um, and then also working with uh, sponsors as well. Right on. Um, you know, Justin and I did a, a quick little intro to this this chat we're about to have. And part of it for me was, you know, four or five years ago, I was pretty surprised that there was going to be a race in Jefferson County at all. So can you kind of pull back the curtain on the original idea of how the golden giddy up started and how you got a race put on in Jefferson County in the first place? Sure. I mean, you know, uh, I've talked to people, um, in other parts of the country about, um, advocacy and stewardship and, and getting trail groups started. Um, but the, the caveat to the giddy up is we really have to thank mother nature, um, for our start. And for those that, you know, weren't in the area or weren't aware of, of what happened in, in 2013, we had just some horrific weather events that dumped, a ton of moisture um, on our area in September and, you know, for parks and cities and municipalities, it, it really devastated our, our whole front range. Um, you know, for example, Apex Park, um, now there's bridges installed in it, but when those storms came through, it left, you know, 30 foot wide ruts um, cutting across the trail that some of them are, are 15 feet deep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, just, you know, a huge, huge weather event um, that, that closed all of our, our local trails and, frankly, some of our, our most popular trails in Jefferson County. And, you know, with the, the length of time that those trails were closed, um, Al Head, who's the original founder of the Gideup, approached um, Jefferson County Open Space and, and pushed to, to be involved in the process of, of reopening those through um, really trail work and um, trail maintenance. And, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that it wasn't necessarily an, an easy, we're going to walk in the door, we're going to start a great relationship. There was a lot of back and forth um, with the, what was then called the Friends of Jefferson County Open Space and Open Space itself to allow um, volunteers to come into the park that weren't necessarily working side by side with um, the open space trail crews. And once those hurdles were, were crossed and um, some, I guess, understanding and trust was, was built, uh, that's when the, the Friends of group started. So Friends of Jefferson County Open Space basically had three groups, one for North Table Mountain Park, one for um, Chimney Gulch, also known as Windy Saddle, and then one for Apex Park. And um, from 20, I guess, September 2013 to about summer of 2015, um, that's when the, the Friends of Group really got started and was starting to engage with um, the public more. And um, one of the first groups to come out in in 2015 and really solidify their presence, um, giving back to the local trails was the Colorado's mountain bike crew. And they've been instrumental in our, our growth, um, initially um, and engaging the public and getting the message out that, that giving back to the trails is a good thing. And then in 2016, um, instead of having three separate friends of groups, we formed the giddy up trail team. And basically the entire team works to manage those three different parks, um, working with open space to identify different projects and, and getting those projects done um, while making sure that we're, we're thinking about all users along the way. We never just built for um, bikes, though we like to optimize for bikes. We, we considered all users because they're all multi-visitor trail systems. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I want to jump in on that because you think, hey, you got people that just want to go out and work on the trails and not defending myself, like just being completely candid and honest. I'll be ripping down a trail and see a group of people doing trail work. And I think, first off, I go, oh, thank you guys so much, man. Appreciate it. Woo. And then I ride past and I go, man, I need to do some of that shit. You know, I need to get out there and help. 
And then I get back to the car and I pack up, you know what I mean? And crack kombucha in the pat, the thought kind of passes my mind. But just this last weekend, I was up in the Vale area doing an event and the trails have been closed for elk calving and they've been closed for over a month. And so we're on these trails for the first day they're open. And it's like, man, I must've got off my bike 30 times for downed trees. And it made me give a good appreciation for like, wow, like when I go ripping through Apex or Deer Creek Canyon or whatever, I never think, man, I'm gonna have a tree down in this next, I, I take it for granted. Like this is gonna be completely wide open, full gas because there's never a tree in the way. And <laughs> spending the weekend, man, we tried to do our best to move as many trees as we could with our bare hands. But I was like, man, I really take for granted these guys that are out here doing a lot of this work. So you hear, hey, we want to come and help. We're friends of groups, and now we're this Golden Trail group. We just want to come and help. It's not as easy as just going out with shovels and, like, cleaning up. Like, you have to get approval from people. Like, what's that? Is that is it just a zoo to get that underway? I mean, it's not shovels and people and manpower only, I'd imagine. Right, exactly. And so, you know, uh, you know, originally, um, and this goes back to, to 2015, so, you know, Al had um, started this group. Um, but realized pretty quickly that, you know, there's, there's a movement here and people do want to be involved. People do want to be engaged. Um, but in order to, to do that, and in order to continue to build trust with open space, we had to have somebody manage, um, that trail building aspect. And so, um, Al teamed up with a guy named, uh, Brad reader and Brad, is our, you know, we call him Trail Papa. Um, he's our brains behind our trail operations. And he's been, you know, his, his background's actually in, in landscape, um, but a lot of landscape design transfers directly over into trail building um, in terms of water mitigation, um, rock work, things like that. But Brad is also a, a talented bike rider as well. And so, you know, he's traveled across the country, ridden, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different trails, um, knows what to look for and knows how to um, rework, you know, trails to make them better. And so having somebody like Brad involved since the beginning was really instrumental in developing the trail team. And then the knowledge that he carried was then eventually passed down through our, our trail team. Um, so we've basically empowered like you know, 50 to 60 people that can go out on trails and, and do trail work. Um, you know, with that said, there is a, you know, we're always working with land managers. And so it's not as simple as just going out and saying, we're going to go fix that. Um, each year we would provide open space with a, a pretty detailed log of what our projects are and a rough timeline because we work with volunteers of when we hope to accomplish those things. Um, but, you know, a lot of that is, um, you know, thanks to Brad and, and thinking about the trails, probably more than most anybody else in this area thinks about trails. Heck yeah. Um, speaking of the, the volunteer hours, I feel like the, um, one of the kind of the bargaining chip I feel, and this is outside looking in and you can correct me if I'm way off base here, but I feel like the bargaining chip that the race had with Jefferson County was being able to hang its hat on just massive amounts of volunteer hours. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, oh, yeah. I, I was just kind of curious, like, I know I've seen kind of the statistics year over year, just through the, the golden giddy up, uh, emails that are, that go out throughout the year. Um, but what it, like, what kind of volunteer hours did you guys see at the start of all of it? And then like kind of up to, up to current, like how much did it grow? Yeah. So, you know, 2014, um, the group was just starting out. So, you know, our records are, are pretty minimal then, but you know, there was a, a local group that lived at the base of apex who was regularly out there and they're the initial folks that built the trust with, with open space. Um, that first year where we got the friends of group up and running, um, we were pushing around 600 hours. Um, which by the, I think by the end of the year, we were closer to 800 hours, which in order to host the race, that was our agreement with um, open space is 600 volunteer hours effectively gets you the race. So um, I, I wasn't too far off base saying that it was a bargaining chip to get the race put on. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, the race itself was, um, you know, it was apparently labeled as a one-year pilot project that quickly grew into four years and became um, something the community counted on. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, the, the 600 hours was something we, we always did Um, Mm -hmm. as the years went on and, you know, for 2018 and 2019, each of those years, we were in the, you know, 3,200 to 3,500 hours. Holy um, cow. Here. Jesus. How does that, so, do you have any metrics on how that compares? And I don't want to get into a pissing match with other user groups, but I'm just curious. Um, how does that questions? We can get into yeah. a pissing match with a question. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> how many, uh, you ever seen a horse piss? Like, like uh, we might lose that. Yeah, match. We'll lose. We'll lose bad. <laughs> um, how does, how does, you know, saying 3,200, volunteer hours in a year how does that stack up against the other user groups or is that something that's even tracked um you know it, it's we don't track it um you know if open space tracks it you know they may um you know the the last metric from them i saw kind of tracked in overall mm-hmm. um volunteer and you know it is a as the mountain bike community we always hear like you know that 32 that 3500 and in our grand total, you know, 13, um, you know, thousand hours plus, um, from the giddy up, but, you know, open space does dwarf, um, what the giddy up gives back. And the reason behind that is giddy or, uh, open space also attracts general volunteers. So people that come out and volunteer for events, people that, um, are, um, volunteering, as rangers in the park, anything like that is is tracked as a volunteer base. So we don't have the metric that compares, you know, that side by side of who's doing what. Um, you know, what I can say is I'm pretty damn proud of of mountain bikers since the beginning to grow our volunteer hours that much and to realize that you know there's value giving back to to our trails. So I, you know, for us, it's that celebration of. 13,000 hours, um, which equates to $330,000 in you know, open space terms. Right. Um, that's something that we can hang our hats on as, as mountain bikers and, and just be proud of ourselves for that. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, and I think it's great. And it, you know, it, it makes me feel good to be a part of a, a community that, do, that does that. Um, I just, it's hard for me and, and you know, I, I'm so far removed from the nuts and bolts of it all that I just see what I see on social media and various Facebook groups. And it just feels like to me, the mountain bikers are always coming from a place of we're doing it because we care, but there's also a component of it that we're doing it because we feel like we have to show whatever land management groups that, you know, we're not the redheaded stepchildren of the outdoor user groups. Yeah, I mean, but in you know, in reality, and this is my my personal view, it's it kind of feels that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's we we had to become organized as mountain bikers. Um, you know, ten years ago, Apex management changed, um, and it was not favorable for for mountain bikers. And there's you know, there's definitely some history behind that, and um, you know. And honestly, I don't think mountain bikers represented ourselves very well at that, you know, at that meeting that happened 10 years ago where mm-hmm. they changed um, mountain bike access. Um, but, you know, we we had to get organized because when you look at comparisons of trail networks, um, you know, in Jefferson County open space, there's 26 plus miles of hiker and equestrian only trails. And as mountain bikers, we have less than two miles. And so when I, oh, when but, I those, that, but, those, but those two miles are so <laughs> sweet. Right? I like, mean, when, when you have, <laughs> right. When you have people in the community that are, are selling stickers for eight tenths of a mile and t-shirts that brag about Longhorns eight tenths of a mile, I because know. we're so stoked that we got that, <laughs> um, you know, I, to me that, that says something that, yeah. you know, we did have to gain some organization and we had to build something that would show that, Hey, we're here too. And we're passionate about, about these trails. Um, you know, and 
I'm a mountain biker at heart, but you know, in reality, um, this isn't just a mountain bike issue. This is, this is a, a trail user issue. And especially with, um, trail runners and hikers, um, you know, they're, they're out on those trails just as much as we are. We're, you know, depending on the data you look at, we're hovering around 50% for mountain bikers, 50% of trail use for, for hikers. Mm -hmm. Um, they should become more organized and start advocating for their own trails too. Yeah. Because, you know, in reality, if they get their own trails and we get our own trails, everybody's going to start being a little bit happier on the trail. Well, for sure. it's, all, it's all messed up now because didn't Sierra Club buy Imba? Isn't that what happened? I have no idea. Didn't, didn't we have something crazy <laughs> like that happen at a huge scale? So it's all going to become hiking only. You know, it's weird because <laughs> um, in the high country, and again, I just came off a weekend up there, you know, the there's an energy in the front range that um, hikers shall pass always, bike get the hell out of the way, right? Like there is just, that's the power, that's the power you feel. Um, well, it's also just the, the trail use rules. Well, I mean, it's the, but, <laughs> but there's a, you don't see as much of a defiant mountain biker say, I will hold my line right. no matter what, but you see it the other way and the, it's just accepted. Like, hey, you know, like hikers have the right way. And, but in the mountains, in like high country, like I was just up in Vale and Beaver Creek and Avon and the hikers not only get out of your way, but they get out of your way, like in awe and smile. and like, Oh my God, that's so cool. You guys are so cool. You know, there's like a completely inverted relationship in the high country because there's an understanding that this mountain biking thing, there are more mountain bike specific built trails up there. You know, it's just, there's a weird, it's different. It's very right. different. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. And it's, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, the, the history of the yielding triangle um, where everybody yields to horses and bikes yield to everybody. everybody. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but you know, that's, that seems to be pretty, pretty ingrained um, in uh, the mentality of, of people around here. And, you know, like Harley, as you said, you know, that is the rules um, right now. And so, um, I, you know, I would like to say that in, in conversations with open space, the, you know, mountain bikers do a pretty great job of adhering to the the restrictions that have been imposed on us. Yeah. Um, so you know, overall, I think we're representing ourselves well. Yeah, and it, it 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 I think it's part because by and large, you know, the people who choose to 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 ride mountain bikes overall are like a pretty overall good group of folks. But again, you know, kind of getting back to it, it, those of us who have been at this sport for long enough and have seen. You know what it's like with restricted access in California or or wherever you want to name it. Part of it is also driven a little bit by the fear of mountain bike trails being taken away from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never hear of anybody being like, you know what, those hikers were real jerks. We're going to take their trails away. Like that's never a discussion for for other user groups. Um, so right. uh, anyway, so. It was a, it wasn't a, an easy road to get the the golden giddy up going, and there was four awesome years. I mean, I you know to to kind of uh, echo Justin's sentiment in you know those were some of the four best Sundays I've had had on a mountain bike, um, you know, including getting stuck on North Table Mountain at two o'clock in the afternoon with no water uh, the first <laughs> the first year. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, you know, for an hour. Um, and you know, just, I mean, every part of it all the way down to, you know, the, the bluegrass festival back down in golden. I mean, every part of it was awesome and amazing. I've got four bottles of whiskey on my little trophy, uh, shelf that, you know, I, I feel like it would be a, an incomplete experience to not have those there. Um, but here we are in 2020 and there were some hiccups and it doesn't, again, uh, it, from what I've read, it doesn't seem like Jeffco out and out said that the race couldn't happen, but it definitely seems like they made it really hard to have it happen to the point where it was just like not worth it. Yeah. And I mean, so, uh, I guess, a little history behind that is, you know, like I said earlier, the, the 2016 event was supposed to be a one-year pilot um, that ran for four years. Um, in 2018, um, you know, after every one of our races, we debriefed with 
open space because um, for the core of our group, we we never put on a race before. Um, you know, 2016, there was definitely some assistance from some um, local folks that had put on some other races um, and said they had some experience with that. And so super grateful to those people to step in and, and get us pointed in the right direction. Um, you know, 2017, the race grew, but uh, 2018, um, after that event, we sat down with Open Space and just kind of debriefed everything. Um, and for them, uh, it was, they wanted to see a reduction of, of course closures and um, also simply just getting people the ability to access parks quicker. And so that was our, our major targets in, in 2019. And we kind of took those head on and we were, we were worried about how those rolled out because for the folks that raced it, um, we split our, our waves into um, alternating groups. So historically, everybody went up chimney as stage one. For the 2019 event, we split those groups where some people went up chimney first and then the other half went up North Table Mountain. The old guys. Yeah. Uh, Send the old guys up North yeah. Table. I mean, hey, I, <laughs> I, 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 again, having done all four versions of it, I loved the split start. Right. And, you know, that that helped us tremendously um, to address the concerns of open space because uh, in 2018, our last course sweeps um, were down back in Lions Park, which is in the heart of Golden, at 4 o'clock. Um, our permit technically closed or our permit ended at five o'clock. So, you know, for us, that was still well within the permit, but um, cutting it a little close, um, yeah. you know, should have there been some event we needed to to manage, um, yeah. we could have possibly gone over that. I mean, I, I, I we had a, uh, we were, uh, base camp was running an uh, aid, aid one at the, the bottom of stage one. And my guys were texting me from there going like, have you, can we leave? Like <laughs> nobody's been by in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, I mean, like, you know, in 2019, our course sweeps were back in Lions Park at, at two o'clock. And so massive uh, difference. You know, we have, yeah. Massive difference. And, um, you know, we were able to address the, the concerns of, of open space with that. Um, Everybody we had talked to, um, you know, and this includes, you know, our aid stations um, with or without their, their knowing what's going on, um, open space, um, you know, racers, everything like that. Um, we got some solid reviews um, for our, our 2019 event, um, open to space specifically. The folks that, that actually attended the event said this is the best one yet. Um and then came the day after the race um, where I got a phone call and said, hey, we need to, to meet to, to go over what the 2020 event would look like. And so um, towards the end of September, um, I met with um, the director of, of Open Space and, and one of the Rangers. And it was close to a typical debrief, except um, there was just a lot more. Um, restrictions that were were being imposed. Um, so Jeffco mainly wanted to explore a cost recovery system, um, where at that meeting they told us it could be upwards of 150 percent of cost recovery, which could be anywhere from 18,000 to 28 thousand um, dollars that the GitHub would be billed. Um, you know, they did say that they're they're not fully developed. Um, in what that would look like yet. So they imposed a partial cost recovery um, into our, our permit, which was over $4,000 plus um, $38 per hour for any Jeffco staff that would need to be included in that. Um, Just so I'm clear, then, are these Jeffco park rangers that would be working that day anyway, in theory? Well, so uh, possibly, no. So, you know, for all of our events, they did, pull extra staff, okay. um, which was helpful to have not just a general volunteer telling somebody trying to access the park, the, the course is closed or the, the park is closed. Um, but, you know, looking at the 2020 event, um, Jeffco originally didn't plan on staffing um, any of their, their people at our, our event. 
Um, but then through internal um, meetings that they had, there were four people that stepped up and said, no, I'll, I'll work that. So, you know, there are some people in there who, who did want to help out and, and appreciated the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the meeting, we were, we were told that um, specifically um, North Table Mountain was a problematic park just due to the porous nature of the park's boundaries. Um, you know, it has um, neighborhoods to the south. It has neighborhoods to the north. It has, um, you know, the bike park falls right on the, the east side of North Table. And then there's also quite a few um, just uh, porous entrance, entrances into the park. Um, so they told us that, you know, that was that was a problematic park and that they weren't interested in closing three parks for our event any longer. And we were specifically told to apply for a permit at White Ranch. Um, and White Ranch, you know, for people that, that don't know it, it's kind of that intermediate to advanced park. Um, you know, it's some steep rocky climbs, some gnarly descents, depending on which way you come down. Um, but it, it didn't, necessarily fit um i guess the the feeling that the giddy up has always had no. our largest no racer a, base yeah. is like intermediate to first time racer you know it may have been riding for a while but they were like hey i'll test out racing so you well, know no, it, it and also really white white ranch there's no vibe like you have a parking lot at the bottom and you have a road at the very top and there's really nothing in the middle to create like the energy that was the giddy up, which was you were weaving in and out of Harley. And I always explained it. It's like, it's a, it's what you did when you were a BMX kid, you like rode through the neighborhood and then you like go through town and then you hit your sweet trail and then you're back in the neighborhood. Like that was the vibe. It was like a good day out with your buds. White ranch. It's, it would be stuff at the bottom, then a suffer fest, maybe some stuff at the top and then hope you don't die on the way back down. <laughs> there's, right. there's no vibe. Right. So, you know, we, we, you know, I left the meeting with, with that saying, Hey, there's an increase of cost, um, and apply for a permanent white ranch. So I sat down with the rest of the giddy up team and, um, we, we brainstormed what would an event look like at white ranch. And that's, you know, for those that don't know, white ranch also crosses a, into, um, Jeffco Sheriff territory. So we would also have to include another um, law enforcement group. Which um, costs more money, have, right? Right. And then we would also have to look at how do we effectively get racers across um, nine, Highway 93, which is a north-south highway, you know, cars at, at high speed. Yeah, it's big and when they go right. fast. <laughs> right. And and we have 450 people to, to get across that. Um, and so we sat down and, you know, we, we put together um, a plan. Um, where we where we felt like we had enough to go on to actually apply for that white ranch permit. Um, so we did. We we put in the application for that um, at the beginning of October, um, and just because we have this strong intermediate group that enjoys our event, we also put in for a white ranch and North Table Mountain permit. Mm-hmm. And because the event has become kind of a, a cornerstone of, of the community the past couple of years, we put in for our, our historic um, three-part permit. So, you know, those permits are, are submitted. Um, didn't really get any communication from open space. I touched base with them at the end of October and just said, hey, where are we at in terms of our permit? And they were still talking internally. Um, and then uh, right before Thanksgiving, um, I got a phone call that said, you know, we've reviewed all three of your permits. We've denied all three of your permits. However, we decided to write you a permit for Apex Park. And I said, you know, okay, um, I'm confused. I don't really know why, but sure, go ahead and send me what that that permit looks like. Um, and so the, the Apex Park um, layout um, kind of has a single bottom entrance and a single top entrance and then roughly 9.8 miles of trail that are are in the park and um our historic event had roughly 28 miles of trail that that we would touch 
So, you know, significant reduction um, in, in what that race would look like. And again, we sat down internally and, and looked at what would it take to, to host a race at, at Apex. And we put together a, a couple of scenarios, um, you know, one that had, you know, three, maybe four stages that we could raise. Um, one was kind of more of an open format where we could give stages and people could race them in whatever order they wanted. Um, you know, and then we, we then eventually went to our, our sponsors and said, Hey, here's what we've come up with. Here's what we've, we've been dealt. And, um, you know, our sponsors were, were pretty loud and clear that, um, there's, there's not a whole lot to work with um you know when we're we're coming from our 2019 event where we had you know 45 different um expo tents um so vendors coming to the park we had close to 3,500 people attending our our expo we had um it was something like 450 plus racers um you know the the park's not really conducive to no you can't you can't fit that in that park right and so you know the then there, you know, there with every permit, there's there's always you know the added pieces. So like, you know, at the base of Apex is a, a nice parking lot, but we would only be allowed fifty parking spots. And so when you look at, you know, we we brought in like you know, Yeti Cycles has been with us since the beginning. Spot, um, Common Saul, um, you know, Proudfoot for a couple of years. You know, they take up quite a bit of space when they just show up to events anyway. Right. Um, and you know, we didn't have the space. And then plus there was a hard opening of the park at, at two o'clock, which meant regardless if the race was still going on, the park was going to open to allow people in. Um, for me, that's a huge red flag um, because of this, you know, one being a racer and the racer mentality is when you have that number plate strapped to the front of your bike, um, Oh, guess you're going, you're, you're, yeah. you're on it. And, um, you know, the, the thought of, yes, there would, I, you know, obviously be communication, but you may be up in the park and you still have that number plate strapped on and you may have a marshal say, Hey, you're not racing anymore, but the mentality is still there. You're still amped up. And, you know, I, I would hate to see, to think that you know, there could be, um, a conflict because of, of something like that. Right. So, you know what we, with the re the restrictions, the, the time frame, um, the reduction of event and, you know, the support of our sponsors saying, Hey, this, this may not just be worth it anymore. Um, you know, I was pretty comfortable going to, to open space in, in February and saying, we just don't see an, an avenue forward. Um, and at that time it was, we had an agreement with them and it was, Hey, let's cancel the, the event from for one year um, and see if it has any opportunity to, to go forward. Um, while at the same time, letting our, our trail team continue to do some work. So, you know, I know on, you know, when people read both announcements, effectively the language is about the same in the, the you announcement mean from Giddy up and Jeffco. Correct. Yeah. So the, the announcements are, about the same, you know, roughly the same information in there. Um, I believe we chose the phrase um, that there's no point in spitting against the wind to yeah. run the event. And, and they said we canceled it. It's a yeah, lot more polite I mean, version did. of what my dad used to say. <laughs> 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 right. Um, but yeah, no. And, and, and so, I mean, even, you know, my, my opinion still doesn't change. Like I, I read, the giddy up release and it just feels like Jefferson County just made it unappealing to move forward. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's effectively what, what we got is as well. Um, and you know, hosting an event that's, that's grown, that's continued to, to build and become more successful, um, that we had the city of golden, um, take, what we've implemented as their model for big events. Um, we didn't feel like we should necessarily have that reduction and put off, put on a less community centered event with not as much hype and not as much draw. Um, you know, 
know, it's probably better to just to, you know, cut our losses and, and move, move on. Move on. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, it's, <clears throat> we're coming out of this COVID shutdown, right? And, and I own a gym here in town and we were, we're a training gym, right? So we do small group training. And, um, when we had to shut the doors on March 17th at 8 a.m., um, so many of my peer businesses tried to create like an online version of what they do and try to create a new thing. And I was like, we're not doing that. You could create the best online version of what our business, what E3 provides, and it would pale so badly in comparison to what we would normally do at full strength that it wasn't even worth the effort. Like not saying that I didn't want to work, but I'm not going to work really, really hard to create something that is just a shadow, not even a, a, a baby shadow of what the real thing really is. So I can totally get behind that where you're just like, there's just a, a nuts and bolts of it. It's just simply not worth it for something that's subpar. But here's where I get confused. This is some privileged shit we're talking about, by the way, like right. <laughs> using trails on a Sunday in September and oh my God, the hikers can't use it, but the bikers <laughs> are going to use Like this is some real privileged shit we're talking about. And I mean to use that hot topic word on purpose because driving home on Saturday night, they fucking closed I-70 from Genesee all the way to Denver, like a giant thoroughfare. That's like commerce is reliant upon this major road to get from California to New York, right? It's massive industries, like every yeah. industry yeah. is massive. And they shut the whole thing down for some construction work. I don't even know what they were doing. And I'm in bumper to bumper traffic on like 40, like pissing and moaning, thinking I could ride my bike faster <laughs> than this, right? And we're talking about closing some damn trails to a por- portion of the population that's privileged enough to walk on the fucking things yeah. for like seven hours. It's just, it's just, that's their only, like, that's is Jeffco's job, like open space. Jefferson, yeah, I they think, have to manage the open that's, space. That's, that's their man- job, They have right? to manage the resource, right? But like every now and again, can't we just like flutter a little higher and realize like, are we really kicking and moaning and pissing about something that doesn't need that much energy about it you know like the cherry creek sneak closes spear boulevard through i guess it's first avenue there through all of cherry creek for like the whole day yeah we close streets for farmers markets for a whole day for like eight hours we're talking about some trails yeah it's just crazy how how everyone can get so fired up myself included about this (laughs) when really it's just fucking just dirt we're talking about dirt like you said you can't they didn't want us to use north table because it's porous it's a you put a sign up Guys, you can't come in here right now. It's just that's just the way it is. And like everyone, then if everyone just respected that, but no, like people are dicks and they don't respect it. And so it's just, it's funny that this huge thing, this event that was super cool and a great community thing for Golden and felt great and it was fun. And I'm sure it brought a bunch of money to the restaurants and stuff down there too. I mean, I know I bought five Starbucks drinks when I was there. Yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy, right? Are we like, are we arguing about some silly shit? It definitely feels that way. Hey guys, that brings us to the end here of part one with this interview. Uh, We're going to break this into two episodes primarily because there's a lot of really good information in here. And instead of just you kind of droning out through this, um, we want you to pay attention to the details because really what is going to provide a good future, I think for mountain bikers and hikers and trails and everything, it ends up being in the details. And that's what we learn more from Jeff in the second part of this episode. So um, click down and buckle up and learn some stuff. Here we go. This is the end of part one, part two coming your way.